Hey everybody, this is Rachel from Grayscale Gorilla, and welcome to another Grayscale Gorilla podcast. Today's episode is taken from our live show all about emissive materials, when to use them, if you should at all, and why. Nick and Chad are going to talk about that and so much more. Hey Cinema 4D artists, if you're not a Plus member and are feeling left out, check out Grayscale Gorilla Plus, where you get access to our huge library of materials, lighting tools, animation plugins, and all sorts of other goodies. And now, without further ado, let's start today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another Grayscale Gorilla live show. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, Chad. How are you? Not too bad. It's warm outside. Can't complain. It's finally nice here in the Midwest. Oh, I got an echo. Let me, let me turn that off. Awesome. Finally nice here in the Midwest. Where? How is it where you are out there in internet land? Let us know where you're from. Let us know how the weather is. Like, look, the seasons are changing. Some of you for the good, some of you for the worse, but that's okay. No matter where you are in the world, things are changing. Uh, hope everyone's doing well out there. Let me know where you're from. We love seeing where everybody's from out there. <laughs> Sean, Sean said the intro music feels like a Disney ride. Agreed. <laughs> it's got a Space Mountain vibe to it for sure. Do you hear that music when we're when we're on hold there? Yeah, I hear it. Yeah, it, it totally does feel like ride weight music, you know? <laughs> little uh little um a Millennium Force. Do 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 do. Uh Kazakhstan's here. Amazing. Dominican Republic. Atlanta's here. Netherlands here. Serbia. Texas. What's up? Good to see you guys. Switzerland. Holy shit. That's, That's amazing. Crazy. Southern Vegas. Wisconsin. Oh my god. Look, that's where uh, that's, that's close where to Chad's, me. Chad's uh, near there, and someone from Vegas, where I used to live for for a year. L.A., Brazil, Russia, Denmark, <laughs> Montreal. Hey, everybody! Thank you guys so much for coming today. Uh, if you haven't been to one of these live shows, we answer your Cinema 4D questions. We usually schedule it around a topic. Today's topic is all about emissive, glowing materials, practical lights inside of your renders. How to make them look uh, realistic and some ways to think about them um, so you don't get all those grainy renders. And so they look good. It's it's tricky, it could get tricky. So I'm excited. Uh, Chad's gonna uh, be showing off some really cool scene files to uh, kind of prove some points and talk about some techniques on how to do this. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be jumping into Chad's machine, which we'll talk about Chad's machine too in a little bit. How are you liking it so far? I love it. It's so nice. Oh, good. All right. It's crazy. We'll, we'll, we'll tease your machine here. We got some specs. We got, uh, he'll show you how fast this thing's running here a little bit later. And if you haven't read uh, the latest article over at Grayscale Gorilla, uh, we, we talk about what Chad bought and how he configured this thing. So if you're looking for a new machine, go check it out. Got it from a great place as well. Uh, <laughs> Chuck.4D. I'd like to live in Chad's machine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you if you like it, you know, if you like things that are really loud and hot. No, it's actually not loud, but it it it's hot in there, trust me. Chad and the Machine, that's your new band name. It's raining. Yes, I like that. Love it. Thank you guys for coming by. Uh do us a favor if you're watching here, uh hit the thumbs up button. Let YouTube know that we're live. It helps us get the word out that we're live and it helps notify some other people who follow us. Uh so they could come in, ask their questions and hang out with us today. So do us a favor. Uh, if you're watching now, please hit the thumbs up. Let YouTube know because we're going to get started here in just a few minutes. 
Uh, if you haven't been here before, we answer your questions. Uh, usually the best way to get them answered is to start a question with a Q and a colon so that it's easy to see here in the chat. And then we start answering questions. The topic today is all about materials in Cinema 4D and specifically emissive glowing materials. Chad, what do you, do you always call them emissive materials? I feel like that was a kind of a, a, a term that I've only heard with the third party renderers. Uh, have, has it always been called emissive materials? No, it, I, I used to call it like incandescent or self-illuminated or um, yeah, those are kind of the two that, that kind of got thrown around illuminated. and then that's yeah. probably what I used illuminated. But yeah, emissive is probably the more accurate term now, I guess, with uh, the way that third party does it. Um, but yeah, it's back in the day, we just called it incandescent. But, you know, there's lots of different ways to handle it now. But Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, get your questions ready, everybody. I appreciate it. Let me know before we get started, too. Um, <laughs> will this be the showcase of the new machine? Yes. Yes. When I can't we really show it because I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. It, you'll see the results of this new machine. Um, when we get to, uh, we usually answer questions for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, and then we jump over to cinema, uh, where Chad is going to show you how, how fast this thing's rocking here. Um, and, uh, while you're getting your questions ready, let me ask you guys a quick question too. What's your biggest, um, what's your biggest, uh, like problem and struggle with cinema 4d materials right now? Like what, what are you, what are you guys stuck on when it comes to, uh, making materials? Is it nodes? Is it, you know, what is it right now when I say like, what's your biggest question or issue with materials? Pop it in the chat for me. That'll help kind of guide the conversation as well. Make sure we know kind of where you guys are with materials. Um, looks like we got some good questions coming in now. Uh, yeah, Denny, go ahead and throw your questions in here as well. Let's just load them up rigid body flick. Oh, we're going to be talking about flickers for sure. I have a question about grainy renders, flickering renders, all the things that come along with, uh, uh, you at least used to come along. A lot of the third party renders got a lot better at that stuff. Yeah. I feel like flicker isn't really a thing anymore. Now it's just grain, which yeah. is great. I'd much rather have grain than flicker because grain, you can at least sell your client and tell them it's film grain. And be like, look at look how filmic this is, guys. Come on. You know, people Whereas, put, people pay a lot of money for the plugins. I usually charge extra for the film grade. <laughs> to just leave it in, you know. That's yeah. you gotta I'm, pay I'm extra. gonna give you that free charge. <laughs> you want that grain uh undercoating? That's uh it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you. Thank you guys for the questions. Let's just get started. Hope you're all doing well out there. Um, hope you're staying uh staying creative and um uh, thank you guys for, for joining us. I'll do one last uh, reminder. Uh, if you haven't been to one of these, uh, we've been doing these live shows uh, every other week on Thursdays at uh, 3 p.m. Central. And uh, if you want to follow along with more of these live shows, if you want to get notified next time these are coming up, don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell thing. That lets you know we're live. And, um, and stay tuned. We got a few more of these planned. We'll take a little break in the summer probably, but we're uh, we're really excited to do more of these shows and share them with you. Uh, one last thing before we jump into questions, the podcast uh, is also back and um, uh, in, in action. We're actually taking a lot of the Q&As from these streams. So if you missed any from the past, you can actually go listen to them on the podcast. 
So if you've been waiting for new podcast stuff, don't forget to subscribe to the Grayscale Gorilla Podcast. Rachel is always here with the uh, links. Appreciate you, Rachel. Thank you. Um, and let's just let's get started. Chad, you ready? Let's do it. What do you got? Let's do it. I'll, let's ask let's ask some uh, some questions here. Uh, J, JKD wants me to play a song on the uh, the guitar. That might have to wait. That'll be a very special um, episode. Uh, I've been playing more piano than guitar lately, so I may I may have to switch over here. Hello, guys. Thank you for coming. This is awesome. Very cool. All right, getting to some questions. Hold on. Good. So many questions. Oh my goodness. Uh, scrolling down here. All right, here we go. Um, duh, 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 duh. what's the biggest? Here we go, Chad. You ready? What's yeah. the What's the biggest pro and cons regarding emissive materials for Octane and Redshift? Which engine handles it better? Thank you for um, the question, Chad. Got a. I think they. It depends on how much you you want to cheat, and I I really think that a lot of dealing with emissive materials that we're going to talk about today is about cheating because uh, when you're dealing with an emissive material in a path tracer, it takes an insane amount of samples to get that cleaned up. So I always opt for how can I fake this? How can I get this same look without the cost of trying to sample it all uh, by, by, you know, just like a bunch of methods we'll talk about today. But I would say that, um, I mean, both of them will look good, but I would say that Redshift and Arnold are probably a little bit better suited for faking uh, some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, and I'm actually going to be using Arnold. So don't uh, don't get mad, but I love Arnold, and it's great, and it does these things very very well. So uh, I'm going to show you some cheating ways, and the best part about it is if you see a method that we talked about today that you wish your renderer had, go complain to them. Go get them to go say, hey, I wish I had, I wish I could cheat like this. Can you guys add this feature that Chad showed? So and you, maybe they'll do it. When you talk about cheating. Are you talking about kind of like what they do in like a TV show or movie situation where the practical lights are like only there for the visual, but the way that they still light their faces and stuff like that is like always a, a real studio light that's off screen or something like that? Is that what you mean by faking it? Like using no. a, a different area light to kind of approximate where the lamp would be in the scene or something? Does that make sense? Uh-oh. It, Chad froze on my side. You got to let me know if he's froze on your side. Uh, Chad was freezing last night, too. So I'm going to try to find a question I can answer and hope Chad. Oh, am I, am I back? He's coming back, folks. Go ahead. Yeah, that, we, I, you, you froze on me for a second ago earlier. So I don't know. Maybe it's Restream has got some issue. But uh, anyway, what I was saying, I don't know when I cut out. But um, yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely like a mixture of those things. But normally um, the issue with emissive materials is that you're going to have a situation where that material is responsible for generating the light through global illumination bounces, right? So to get a clean like render of a light, it's not really efficient to, to generate all those samples in GI. So you want to use like an actual light in that case, in which we'll talk about that. Hopefully uh, we won't have any more hiccups with the internets. But yeah, yeah. Any Anything that's better shown than said, feel free to kind of pitch it to later in the show, Chad, and be like, yeah. I got a scene. I'll show you exactly that one. So that'll be yeah, perfect. I, I was going to start with a scene of like a uh, an iPhone screen and like, a, you know, it's lit. So it's like 
do I just use that as a light? Like, what should I do? So we're going to uh, talk about that. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you guys for the questions. I'm going to scroll down here and get some more. Paul, we got some Slayer love from Paul. Love it. It's a, it's kind of a heavy metal kind of day today. Uh, maybe it's a heavy metal kind of month. I don't know. Um, we got uh, Dirt Node in Octane. We may have to get back to that one. We got uh, someone's asking about emissive materials in Redshift using uh, the volumetric stuff. It, it, is that, can you do that or, so, or do you? No, emissive materials can't contribute to volumetrics, uh, which I believe is on the roadmap. I, it's been a while since I looked at their Trello board, but uh, yeah, so you probably want to use either a mesh light or uh, fake it somehow. Um, but yeah, that's kind of why that is the way it is. Awesome. Um, thank you for the question. Grayson, we got one from Grayson here. It says balancing light output from mesh uh, without the source blowing out. I run into this all the time. You get a light bulb on the screen, you want to light stuff up, and all of a sudden everything's just pure white. What? Uh, how do you how do you balance this stuff? Again, you don't want to use the mesh light as the visible light because you're just not going to be able to get that control that you need. And uh, I think a lot of people also forget that, like shining a camera at a light, really, you you know, in order to expose, if you're trying to expose for a light bulb, then you are like you're stopping well you're basically everything else like, goes to black everything goes to black you know like yeah. you have to think about it like that like a, a photographer and uh i think like again like i know we've said this a bunch of times on this stream but dealing with things as they as they react in the real world in 3d is always the best way so like look take a look and think about well how would i shoot this light fixture what kind of f-stop would i be at and then try to emulate that in 3D, and you'll be you're you'll, you'll already be like starting off with a much better result. Awesome. Uh, let's see here. We got uh, another question. This one's from Chuck Dot 4D. That's that's fun to say. Chuck 4D uh, says, "I don't know if this is related, but I've struggled a couple times with car headlights using them to do volumetrics. Most of the time, I've resolved it by bypassing the glass in the front." You have any thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, it looks like we froze again there, but um, yeah. So the what the, what I usually do for car headlights that need to like you know beam out into fog or something like that, I use spotlights, and I have the spotlights not uh, actually lighting anything uh, besides maybe the road, and so I just use like uh, light linking to make sure that they're not they don't have to shoot through the glass of the of the headlight or anything like that just try to like match the cone angle of your headlight with the with the spotlight and the only thing that that spotlight should be affecting would be like the road maybe the bumper i don't really depends on the spot on the headlights but that'll be a really efficient way of doing that sort of effect and then and then that light is only for the volumetric as well and you don't have to worry about anything else yeah, I mean, it it should also be casting light onto the road or oh, what, right, right. whatever it's 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 shining on, but that's going to be a lot easier uh, to handle. Like the the absolute worst thing you can do is like throw a point light into the headlight and try to get it to bounce against the mirrored surfaces in there and have it look like you're simulating an actual headlight. No, don't do that. 
you'll you'll want to like jump out a window. <laughs> uh, thank you for the question. Denny is asking uh, stuck with spec stuck with spec in materials using Aces and Arnold. I'm losing almost all spec power, and the whole scene looks too dark. Uh, asked Chad and GSG Plus some time ago. Yeah, and, and Denny, uh, thanks for asking those questions in our Slack channel. Um, it's not always, uh, uh, it, it's always hard for us to answer every question, but there's a ton of other artists there that are also trying to ask questions. So if you have a question and you're a Plus member, uh, don't forget about our Slack channel. There's discussions like this happening all the time. So um, uh, make sure you're joining our Slack. Uh, but any 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 advice for Denny as far as uh, aces looking too dark other yeah, than cranking I, I the remember, I remember this. And so the thing to remember about working in aces is that you got to make sure that all of your texture maps are using the right uh, IDT, the right input device transform. Make, even your HDRI has to use the right IDT and just kind of like eliminate that as an issue. Like, okay, yes, I've, I've made sure all my textures are, are properly being transformed. And the other thing to realize about ACES is that, yeah, it's going to look a little dark. That's just the nature of ACES. It's going to look a little dark, a little contrasty. ACES is really meant to throw more light into your scene. So it could be that you just need to crank up the, uh, the intensity of your lights. It could be that you know, it's not going to be a match of an sRGB render. It's going to look different just by the nature of working in ACES. So it, it, there's not going to be a one-to-one -one match. That's the whole kind of point of it. So you really need to just kind of like eliminate any sort of potential errors and like input device transforms and then make sure that you're pumping enough light into the scene to reflect around. Uh, and then it should be totally fine. It should look good. I'd have to, if you still have problems, hit me up maybe next week on Slack and I can help you take a look at it again. Awesome. Denny, thanks for the question. We got, uh, we got a, we got a kind of pump up our Twitch members over here. Pro Tools 3000. Been, been asking questions uh, for years now. I, I appreciate you stopping by. If you're over on Twitch or on Facebook, thank you guys. We, we also see all of your questions uh, right here in the same thread. So keep them coming as well. We know it's not always the biggest audience uh, over there. But if you're more comfortable on Twitch or Facebook, uh, head on over there too. Follow us there. And uh, our live stream goes out to all three platforms. So we appreciate you guys wherever you are. Um, Let's uh, find another question here. Bump, bump. Kyle is asking about how to avoid fireflies and octane with VDBs. Have you run into this issue, Chad? Uh, not really. I don't do a ton of work with VDBs, but I mean, there's just typical stuff that you do in octane to eliminate fireflies by the GI clamp. Uh, just clamping in general, like it, it, it's a good idea if you're getting fireflies from like a hot source of light, like either a sun or like a point light or a HDRI with a really, you know, tiny light in it. It's always a good idea to make sure that you are clamping the energy that's being bounced around your scene. If you're seeing fireflies, that's generally because there's some hot energy ray like pushing through and giving you those fireflies. So if you clamp the values down, and you could do that with, I believe, the GI clamp, and I, there might even be a, a hot pixel removal, that at least there was last time I looked in Octane. Uh, but yeah, and then of course, more samples. If you're in Octane, just like, you might have to just like deal with long render times and just crank up, crank up the samples. Yeah, it, that's definitely something I've seen. It's just cranking up your lights. It just takes a lot more energy. 
And that might actually be contributing to those fireflies too. More energy is more fireflies, so you may have to just revisit your clamp settings. Uh, Dean says, uh, thanks for being so quick and with good answers in the Slack channel. Dean, thank you. Thanks for joining. You're welcome, Dean. Um, do not sleep on the Slack channel. There's some great artists in there helping each other. Uh, all right. Let's see what else we got here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You prefer Twitch. Thanks for joining us on the Twitch. Love it. Love it. Um, uh, yeah, YouTube can't post links. That's for sure. That is a downside. Yeah. Uh, let's try. Oh, I skipped. Sorry, I, the whole chat moved on me when I clicked. We may get back to those. <laughs> uh, Naked Chat, what's a good way to um, add emissive materials to greebles at, uh, and displacement type things? I don't know JS displacement. Is that like a, be a plugin or something you've seen, Chad? Um, I'm not familiar with that one, no. But I mean, I, you, I don't really know. I don't know what that, if it means like separating out pieces of the geo or something like i don't know it kind of depends on what you want to do like if you're trying to make it look like there's little lights in the greeble or something you might yeah. do like a, a polygon selection and then apply an emissive material to specific polygons or you know use a uh un in in when you're in a polygon and it selects by normal so you could like maybe grab some specific faces that way yeah uh uh, Pixel Brain says there is a, it is like a plugin or something. It's called JS Displacement, so I'll have to look into that. Um, but yeah, Chad, uh, I, I just agree with Chad. Grab uh, grab some polygons you want lit, throw it in, throw uh, give it a tag, and you could use that tag to uh, apply it to your, whatever material you want. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's go down. Keep the questions coming, guys. Thank you. It was awesome questions so far. Uh, and um, let's go with this one. And then I have I have one as well. I got to remember. Uh, Tom is asking, how do you create a soft glow around an emissive versus just throwing light from it spilling all over the scene? <sighs> soft glow around them. What, what do you think that means? Maybe, maybe Tom. Maybe you could clarify. But maybe you're asking about like the post processing glow, um, and 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 what that does because. To me, this 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 centers around the idea that if you just in cinema put a put a emissive material on it and crank it up to a billion, it looks wrong, right? It looks wrong because there's no lens flare, there's no environment, there's no dust floating around it. You know, when you crank up a light in real life, you get environment, you get bloom, and especially if you're filming it with a camera or even a digital camera, you're getting pixel bloom, and all those artifacts make it look like it's glowing versus in a plain cinema you know with no with no uh bloom or anything turned on you can crank up that brightness level as much as you want but once you get past white nothing like there's nothing else you could do to make it look brighter than just white so that's kind of how i'm reading this is there a trick that that uh, you know other than or maybe including lens flares environments subtle glows um even other geometry that you use to fake that glowy glowiness feeling that bright objects have that's that's how i'm interpreting this we oh. did you lose me again just for a second you, you could just start from where right from the beginning oh yeah i was just, i didn't really say anything yet so you didn't miss much uh the uh 
the trick is like bloom, you know? So I was like a huge proponent of doing all lens effects in comp because you just get more control over it. But now uh, these the renderers have such great IPRs and they have such great post effects in there already. And a lot of times I'm just cranking stuff out that needs to go to Instagram or the website or something like that. And sometimes I just don't want to go through the rigmarole of like comping it in Fusion. So I'll just use the bloom and the post effects inside of the third party renderers. And that looks pretty darn good. But yeah, I mean, it's you're absolutely right. Like the reason something looks bright is because there was a camera involved and we all kind of understand how our eyes react to bright light and we all kind of understand how cameras react to bright light. So you have to kind of build those cues into your work. Otherwise, it's just going to be a white, you know, object. It's not going to look like it's really bright. Now, Tom's given us some other details. Uh, he said, for example, like a uh, an LED sign, I'm imagining like ticking across with data on it or something uh, he's like he hasn't tried the, the bloom and glow stuff yet so that that should even with a, a like a lit sign like you're saying um add that next level of of glow and um i'm always surprised how good the built-in ones look um yeah right in the renderer and you want an exponential bloom that's the that's the key word yeah so uh that should give you that it it's it's almost a fake for an environment, you know, like because dust is really what makes that happen in real life. Things glowing around it, two things are making this happen in real life: dust, uh, atmosphere, water vapor around the object that's bright. You know, you think of like a big spotlight in the air. Uh, oh, there you go. And then the second thing is what Chad's showing is the lens itself. There's glass elements that produce lens flare. There's uh, in some case, blooming of the of the uh, film, of course, film blooms. You have digital chips that bloom when they get too much light on them. All these little subtle cues that we take for granted in the real world, or we just get for free in the real world, we gotta go fake it in in the 3D world. So lens flares, bloom. That's why all that stuff is so great to turn on. Even the default in in, in Redshift, I think, is is I would have thought it like whoever set those settings would make it too overpowered and too like, you know, uh, too too bloomy. But I, I, the really beautiful subtle preset, the default built into Octane. So I just click it on. You get some really nice little glints and glows, and it's it's pretty good. I'd start there for sure. Um, we'll probably see a few of those things too. I'm sure in your scene files when what. When you choose to use practical glows and and things to to kind of show that stuff, so stick around. We're going to be jumping into some scene files, and chat chat will be showing this stuff in Cinema 4D. Some some um, some real practical tips here. All right, let's get to another question. Uh, let's see here. Yes, big Google Maps JS displacement. I will definitely check out. Thanks for the uh, the links to that. The reminders. All right, we got uh, Sean's. Thank you for answering some questions there. Appreciate it. All right, here we go. We got some more questions. Um, let's go with Joseph's asking. Can you suggest any training and courses that cover emissive materials in depth? Um, I'm thinking about all three of the renders that we support and have training on in plus, and I know that there's. Um, 
uh, segments about emissive materials in all three of them, Arnold, Redshift, and Octane, um, that at least give you the basics of how to start to think about this. Uh, and in some cases, a little bit more in depth. I know in the Octane one, uh, uh, David shows you how to set up a full scene with emissive materials. He talks about the glow and he talks about how to get some of those, those uh, lens element things that we were just talking about. So if you're a plus member, uh, if you use Octane, I know we have that one. I know the Arnold one does as well. And Redshift, uh, do you remember if there's the Redshift one? I know there's one about yeah. lights in there. Uh, I don't know if the Redshift one covers the post effects, but it covers like volumetric lights and emissives and um, how to work with that stuff. So yeah, I feel like we have a pretty good broad covering of them in Plus. We also have a good um, Red, I think it's Redshift uh, environment tutorial that that's free on YouTube right now, actually. So if you want to uh, think, um, if, you're, if you're using Redshift, check that one out. It's like, I, I think it's called Foggy City or something like that. Mm, yeah. Go check, go check that one out. Um, there's plenty of stuff to get, to get started. So hopefully between those videos and some Q and A's like this, that you'll be off to the races. And then of course, uh, jump in the Slack too. Cause anytime we have one of these shows kind of kicks off a, 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 a whole conversation around these things. So definitely come join the Slack channel and uh, ask questions there too. So uh, should be all set. All right. Uh, this is a good one. I don't know. I've, I remember doing this a lot in the past, but not with the third-party renders. I'm assuming it's the same. Uh, Nate Costa, how are you? Good to see you, Nate. Nate. Look at this guy. Uh, can you add Shimmer to Bloom? Um. So in my my thinking, you got you know obviously you could add noise to your like volumetric stuff, but shimmer to bloom in the built-in in the built-in uh, bloom effects. Chad, do they have that kind of stuff? What do you mean, Nate? Do you mean just like a flicker, or do you mean something else? I'm imagining um, it's a little bit like, uh, gosh, like I know Video Copilot's uh, lens flare thing did this really well. It, it was like not uniform across the uh uh the the render it kind of almost had a, a a noisy volumetric to it that changed it wasn't this constant um lens flare it was like kind of blinking and glowing and and it had little details to it that's kind of what i'm imagining do you mean like as, as if like the room is kind of like foggy or something like you see like certain parts of the of the bloom are thicker you might even kind of make out some sort of volumetric in it or it could yeah it, it's hard it there's so many ways to take it even the uh, effectron saying like an old star filter you know oh like, yeah yeah so like that's, a real bloomy kind of effect i uh, for that sort of thing you do, you just want to do that in post like you're it's just you're not it doesn't it's not super safe to do that in uh in your in your renderer because you know if you render it out you don't like it i mean like i mean a lot of them can separate these passes out so it's not a huge risk but yeah the, red, those types red, of things are a lot easier to do in post yeah, red red giants got some great post effects with their universe uh pack it's kind of like a made for editors effect pack but they are really well done and they're super fast to render they have a ton of those kind of things like little chromatic blooms little shimmers that you can just apply to bright things and dial it up um, that I, I, I end up using all the time. Um, I, I use sapphires and that's pretty good. And then I still use, um, what's the uh, video co-pilot one? Like the, what's that one called? Um, 
somebody mentioned it earlier in the chat. It's the flare one that he does. Oh, the optical lens flares? Yeah, yeah. So that's got some really good stuff in there that you can take apart and, and kind of make it do what you want. Uh, JKD is asking a question. It says, a Dusk or Micro Floaties rig would be great for Grayscale Gorilla. Um, good news. <laughs> <laughs> we got... Um, so it's not built into the hub and is as easy to download as everything else we got, all the materials. But included in, in your Plus membership is a Dust Alembic pack. And um, go look at the training for that, and you'll find that we not only is it looking good for Dust, but it works really well from micro floaties too. I think to me the only difference between micro floaties and Dust is like, you know, some blue background and like a little bit more depth of field to like blur it out a little bit. Um, go check them out. They work really well. They're large files. They're Alembic files that are all dust and particles uh, built exactly for this, and I use them in, in exactly that way. And it actually helps with today's conversation. I'm glad you reminded me of them. They also help when using emissive lights um, to give that atmospheric look uh, and give actual particles for lights to bounce off of and and you, and, and actually shine through and stuff like that. So if you're a plus member, do not sleep on these. They look awesome. Um, uh, and you can download them and use them in any scene file, just as an Alembic file. We have tutorials all about it. So definitely check those out. Thanks for uh, reminding me about that one. Anything else to add for the dust and micro floaties, Chad? No, I, I've, I've made other, uh, for like more of the lens imperfection kind of stuff. It's not really dust floaties, but similar. I've made rigs in, back in the day in After Effects and then in Fusion, where I just made like a, a particle rig and then used like a lens blur to like make them all bokeh out and then just kind of like screen that on top of my render, just really barely there, can kind of like simulate some of those like lens imperfections. Yeah, like a, like a little dirty lens. Uh, Denny's asking, um, second question from Denny. Thank you, Denny. like love it, nailing it. What kind of texture projection do you recommend to use when working with Grayscale uh, Gorilla materials? Uh, UV uh, mapping. What what cubic mapping? Chad, what's your what's your go to when it comes to um, uh, when it comes to our materials? UV mapping. So you, the, all of our materials are assuming that you've UV, UV mapped your stuff. If you haven't. A lot of them have triplanar built in. So if you want to just like plug in the triplanar and then you're good to go. So those are the two methods that, that I, you know, recommend to most people. But if uh, triplanar isn't doing it for you and neither is UVW, then go for it. Play around. Maybe flat, maybe cubic, whatever works for your scene. But they're built for UVs. So like you, you definitely need to UV your map, your models. Uh, if they're not UV'd, then you'll need to use triplanar or try some other mapping method uh there there quick question i see an awesome question i gotta remember too sorry i gotta take a note um how do you set up triplanar is that something you have to do in the renderer itself or or, or is that something in cinema that that is the same across renderers uh, all of our materials are built they have triplanar nodes right off to the side of every image loader yep. so you can just like plug them in uh, but yeah, each the third each third party render that we support, Redshift, Arnold, Octane, all have triplanar. But explain uh, plugging it in because I'm a, I'm a dummy about this. Do you just leave oh. it on UV and then and then just plug the new output in in the nodes? Like yeah, use this it, instead. In Redshift and in uh, 
Arnold, you take the JPEG out and you plug it into the triplanar in, and then that goes right into your diffuse, whatever, and roughness. And in Octane, it's a little bit different. You have to like choose the UV method or the transform method, I believe. I, it's, I do it by muscle memory. So for me, it's like I can't really visualize what it looks like right now. But yeah, it's a slightly different method for Octane. Oh, awesome. All right. I'm going to have more questions about that. That might solve some of my problems I'm bumping into. Uh, I did see an HDRI uh, question that I wanted to get to. I'm not. Let me see if I could scroll down and go back up here. Hold on one second. Boom. Um, yeah, Sean's given a pretty good explanation in the chat about what triplanar is. I just, I, I probably should. Let me just explain that really quick. So triplanar is basically like taking your texture map and projecting it from six sides of a universally large cube. And then the corners are blended. So it kind of gives you that, um, the ability to kind of make it look like something is UV mapped when it's not. Okay. I'm going to, because I've seen that, I've seen you use it in such great effect. And then I just, uh, it might even be a part of our training. I, I just got to go watch. I got to go see how to set that up in, in Octane. We have some training over on. <laughs> you really? To, maybe you should be a member, dude. I'm joining. I'm I'm all in. Uh, all right, that's that's fun. I've been I've been playing in Octane lately, so I I bump into those little issues just like you guys. Um, awesome, great questions. Love these questions today. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you for joining us here. If you're uh, new, if this is your first time here, we answer questions on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook. We do a live show every other Thursday. Um, if you are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you do that. Uh, give the little thumbs up. That helps us um, get the word out about our show. And um, if you want to see more of these as they're announced, uh, if you're a subscriber, you should get notifications. And then, of course, the notification thing helps as well. So thank you guys for showing up. Today we're talking about materials and specifically about uh, emissive, glowing, lit up, materials inside of cinema so thank you for all the great questions um all right let's uh here it is here's the one i was looking for uh ian and it's asking uh uh whenever i use an hdri and octane link it's always overblown and too exposed is this something i'm doing wrong it sounds to me like you're making the exact mistake i did when i first started using hdri link in octane which is you can't use it in the, uh, I, I don't have it open right now, but you can't use it in the regular file. You have to go dig in one layer deep and use the image uh, file node instead of the one that looks like the one you're supposed to use. This is not helpful to you right now. Good news is <laughs> we have a tutorial called Five Mistakes in Octane that uh, talk exactly about this, this one that... Um, is, is a gotcha for everybody until you figure it out. So go watch that YouTube video. Uh, just type in Grayscale Gorilla Octane and look for five Octane mistakes. If you're new to Octane or just getting started with Octane, there are five little gotchas about Octane that tripped me up when I was learning. It sounds like you're uh, just hitting one of, the, one of those. So go check it out for more specifics and then hopefully the other ones will help you out too. But that should solve it. If not, it could be, oh no, Aces is darker. So if you're using Aces, you have the opposite problem, which is everything looks too dark. Just crank it up. What's great about using HDRI Link is you can leave your uh, exposure settings brighter, like by default. I even set a new scene file with all the exposure settings brighter, HDRI Link all set up so I don't have to ever worry about it again or mess up the link again. 
and then uh, just start clicking HGRIs, and then for the most part, it's all brighter. Rachel, thank you with the link here over on YouTube. Uh, if you click that link, anybody that wants to watch that video, check it out. Um, awesome, thank you so much for the question. Uh, thank you for that. Adam says, uh, appreciate the show. <laughs> Foggy City. <laughs> if Nick titled all the YouTube videos. <laughs> it's Foggy City. Uh, you don't know how funny that is. Yeah, it's foggy. Uh, star filter. All right. Dude, we're getting there. Rachel, thanks for all the links. Amazing. All right, we got another question here from uh, Rafik. Rafik's asking how to get the bloom It's uh, that, that Octane has in, in Arnold's latest version. What's... Um, what Arnold has post effects, I'm assuming. How do you get yep. that set up in Arnold? Yeah, in the Arnold IPR on the right-hand side, uh, I'll show that in a second, is a little tab that says post. And in there, you can add lens effects, tone mapping, white balance, exposure, color correction, all kinds of stuff. Awesome. I'm assuming you'll show that too once we uh, jump in your machine. You show it. Yep. You're using Arnold. So uh, we're going to be jumping into Chad's uh, new machine here, giving you a little preview of uh, uh, how fast this puppy is <laughs> and answering any questions you have about that. And also uh, showing you some practical lighting tips right from within Cinema 4D here. We'll be doing that in the next 15 minutes or so. Um, all right. Let's scroll down here. we got some more questions. Thanks for all the great questions. Uh, I think Rachel may have solved this for you, Dean, but I'm going to answer it on the chat, which is what section of the Plus Library would these Alembic dust files exist? Inside of your account, if you haven't logged into your uh, Grayscale Gorilla Plus account on the website recently, we have a new dashboard area that cleans up where to find all, all of your stuff. Once you log into your account, just go to Grayscale Gorilla, click on the um, login area. Once you put your password in, You'll be on your dashboard, and over on the right, there'll be a uh, more, I think we called it more downloads uh, area. And there you'll find the Dust Alembics. There's some LUT files there that are really great. There's a Happy Toolbox preview pack there that's awesome. Everybody helped us out with, uh, give you guys access to some Happy Toolbox models to, to kind of practice and play with. And maybe one, one more thing that I'm forgetting right now. But uh, we actually have more stuff coming there soon. So uh, stay tuned for that. That uh, more downloads area is going to be uh, going to have some new stuff here in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's where you'll find the dust. Uh, the Micro Floaties Cinema 4D rig is an old plugin that's been around forever. Uh, that looks okay. It looked better when I was doing SD video. <laughs> it does. It, 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 doesn't hold up too much on HD uh, unless you blur it out. But that is an old Cinema 4D plugin that's been around, man, I feel like at least 10 years. Um, Rachel's link game is I agree. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> Appreciate it. It sure is. Do, 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 do. Cool. All right. We got that question. Triplaner's great. Can you guys make a UV unwrapping? Can we make a tutorial about UV unwrapping? Uh, the new... We, I don't think we have a UV unwrapping tutorial. However, the new Cinema V unwrapper is way better. If you haven't revisited the, the latest 
various tools in cinema. Maybe it was one or two versions ago. They at least two versions of some new UV tools. Check them out. Um, but I don't think we have a tutorial on that. Uh, do, do, do. Pro Tools. Look at that. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the shout out, Pro Tools. That's true. Come on, join us in the Slack channel. Um, all right. Stay tuned here. We're going to jump right into Cinema 4D. We're going to answer a few more questions, get to some lightning round here, and then we'll jump into Cinema. Um, let's go with this one. Denny again. You snuck it through, Denny, with three of them. My goodness. You're nailing it. Is there any chance to get the include exclude list in Octane your eyes like it is in Arnold? I don't do you know I what wish. this one is, Jen? I wish. If only, Denny. If only. Uh yeah, I really don't like Octane's light linking. I find it to be really cumbersome and not super awesome. And I've kind of let him know that I would love it if it acted more like it does in Arnold or Redshift. Um, so maybe they'll do it. Hopefully they will. But yeah, I do think that that's a really odd workflow in Octane for sure. Thank you for that, Chad. <laughs> Chuck says, I'm pretty sure Rachel's our AI with the Grayscale Gorilla database loading. <laughs> I mean, she far? knows she she's you're not far away. Like she has immense a massive database. It's all up here. It's right here. I, I've seen it. Uh, she knows where all, all of the videos are. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. It's our AI. It's like Siri, but our it's like our Siri. Rachel, Rachel, where's the latest? Where's the latest video? Well, Rachel knows a lot more than that stuff. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, baking off time. Do do do. do, do. Winbush knows the Unreal stuff. Yeah, if you're interested in Unreal, Winbush is doing some great stuff with Unreal. Uh, uh, uh here's one. Paul says, hey, guys, not di maybe directly related. Lamp with a shader. How to get realistic light through the fabric and onto the environment. Ooh, that is a good question. So you got the emissive ball, right? And then you got little the little stand and stuff next to it. And then you got a big old, like, lampshade is it fair to try to do that for real and get light to penetrate through the lampshade and also light things or is I mean, that you could but that's silly ah see okay so we're gonna uh i remember I, I think i even remember you had like a, a light with a lamp in your demo scenes for today right so maybe you could yeah. talk about maybe you could talk about how to set that up even you know Maybe not have to go through the whole thing, but that might that might be a good scene to kind of start with and show you, Paul. Does that sound good? Yeah, that one is definitely. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can approach it, but I'll show you how typically I do it. Love it. Uh, Slack link. Uh, Rodrigo is asking for the Slack link. If you go to your Grayscale Gorilla uh, Plus account, just like I said, go to the website, log in up in the top right corner. Uh, and you'll go to your plus dashboard. There's a link to join Slack there. Uh, Rachel might have a link too. Um, and also, uh, this is a good reminder. We also have a uh, a free Grayscale Gorilla account that you could sign up to if you have been thinking about plus or not quite ready for plus. You just got started with Cinema 40. Uh, go sign up for a free Grayscale Gorilla account um, over on our website. The best place to do it is probably at our Intro to Cinema 4D page. 
you sign up, you get some goodies, and you uh, basically get access to all of our uh, best free tutorials that get you up and running and get you kind of up to speed so that you know you can learn some of this stuff. If you're just getting started, it's the best place to go to learn. The intro to Cinema 4D is amazing. And then when you're ready to uh, you end up doing this for a living or want to kind of step it up, use the uh, same stuff the pros use. We have other ways uh, to, to help you out with Plus and all that. So definitely don't forget about the free Grayscale Gorilla um, uh, account. That's what it is. That's what it's called. Sure. Uh-huh. Grayscale Gorilla's version of Jarvis. There you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, Siri, but with a harder name to spell. That's great. <sighs> Love it. Love it. All right. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for the questions. We're going to be answering uh, maybe just a few more questions here if you got them. If we missed yours, uh, don't forget to put it down here uh, right now. We got a few more extra minutes. And then we're going to jump into Cinema 40. We're going to show um, some practical ways to use emissive lights in Cinema 40. And uh, if we have time, there might even be a little preview of, of some stuff we got coming soon. So definitely stick around. Uh, I'm excited to see your machine in action, Chad. I'm excited to see uh, some tips here about emissive light because I always mess it up. Yeah, um, I'm a little worried about our internet connection. So if it drops out, just I guess uh, yell at me somehow. Yes, that I, is I, true. I don't It'll know if I'll hear you. Know. Yeah, so I'll just have. Uh, I'll, I'll, just te have my, I'll text oh. you if something really bad happens. There you go. If I'm <laughs> if I'm like gone for ten minutes and thinking I'm showing the world some amazing <laughs> thing. That's definitely happened to me back in the early live stream days, uh, Ustream and all that stuff back in the day. There's definitely a time where I thought I was I was demoing for 15 minutes. So as you can see, guys, you know, uh, we just fixed it. It's all done. And I'm getting messages from friends like you're, you're not you're, you're not, not live. <laughs> uh, Rachel's got the link for the um, uh, register link there. That's uh, a way to get the uh, the free account. And uh get access to, to, uh, to our best free stuff. So, um, let's see here. Uh, octane instance node and X particles is not efficient enough. Any ideas? Mohammed is asking. Um, I'm, I'm imagining what you're trying to pull off is, is like a billion particles. And it sounds like, you know, octane instance and X particles isn't, isn't quite it, like robust enough for what you're trying to do. Is that, is that what you're getting from this question? Seems like it. I mean, it it sounds like they're wanting to copy many, many, many objects uh, around in the scene. I'm guessing. Um, I, yeah. I can't. I can't really speak to their efficiency because I don't. I've never really tested them very thoroughly. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. if you if you suspect that there's something wrong or going on that that it, maybe there's a a bug then definitely reach out to the developers. I feel like that's like a good thing to just like a good PSA for everybody listening is like, I, I have a lot of friends that they'll complain about something wrong with the software and they'll just, they just won't, they'll just like, yeah, this thing doesn't do what I want it to do. And I'd be like, well, did you actually like send them an email or like maybe go on their forum and tell them, nah, no, nah, I don't want to do that. It's like, well, that's as developers, we love that. We yeah. need that. So don't be afraid if something isn't working the way that you think it should to send the developers an email, send them a message. Don't like, you know, 
obviously you want to be polite and like nice because you catch more bees with honey. Uh, but yeah, you want to like, you know, let people know, like if it's, if it's not doing what you think it should do, reach out to them. They will most likely, if they're a company like us, where we always put customers first, we will try to help you figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. I've been, I've been finding, uh, I've been finding the discords and the slacks are just awesome communities right now. And I think even just over the last, you know, 18 months or whatever, with everybody at home and everybody using these um, types of, of software, Discord and Slack, to communicate, the 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 community has grown in almost all of them. Uh, I was just in the Octane uh, uh, Discord with a question and it was answered in less than a minute. You know, somebody's there that has the answer. Uh, we see this in our Slack channel all the time. Um, and I, I always forget that too. I always kind of, especially if you've been in the industry long enough where you're just like, I'm here, who am I? I don't know anybody that works over there. What, what, what am I going to do to change their mind? But there's actually now tech and, and places for exactly that discussion. How do you use these tools? What can we add? How can we make it better? Did you find a bug? All of this stuff helps. I know it helps us a ton. And uh, oh, I, I could just imagine someone like Cinema 4D and Octane X Particles, they, they want to hear from you guys too, so check it out uh sure. and it looked like we had a better answer to to the question than we did um that says uh so i think it was redshift or arnold is more is more tied into x particles than octane is i think what i saw which i think is also true so it could be just the way that that uh octane and and uh, x particles kind of commingle isn't fast enough um mm -hmm. But again, I, I haven't I haven't connected those two in a long time. It's been a while. All right, uh, let's wrap up here. Any last questions, and then we'll jump into Cinema 4D. Hey, Amador's here. What is up? Good to see you, bud. What's up, dude? What's you man. Um, let's see here. Yeah, Joel. Hey, here's a good example. Joel. Joel's telling us um, a, a little a little message that he wishes we had, which is an iOS app with our courses to watch in the subway. We don't have the ability to download the courses in the way that something like Linda allows you to like download and watch it on an airplane without Wi-Fi. However, uh, Thinkific, which is the platform we use uh, to run Gorilla U and all the training, uh, is pretty good on mobile. So as long as you have an internet connection, you could watch, uh, just log in on your phone, iPad, and stream any of the uh, training that we have in Grayscale Gorilla Plus right there on the app. So yeah, maybe maybe not the subway or the airplane quite yet, but the the if you haven't checked out the new platform, it works way better with streaming and everything. Thanks for the question. Uh, all right. Boom, boom. This might bring us right into your demo here, Chad. We got uh, Rui. Uh, hope I said your name right. Is there a way to assign mesh light into polygon selection in Arnold? I've never tried that. There might be a way to hack that together. Um, that's a great question. I'll have to think about that one because that one's that's definitely would be cool. Although I don't really know if it's possible, but uh, it seems like in my head I can almost kind of put it together. I would have to think about it, but that's a great question. Awesome. Well, guys in chat, before we take off, let me know what's the number one takeaway that you guys got from this discussion. What are you going to use um, 
Uh, next time you reach for uh, uh, emissive lights, any tricks, any tips, anything else you learned here that you you took away, because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help you guys learn. Uh, in some cases, we know a lot of you are just starting, so some of the basics on how to think of this. And then, of course, for those of you who've been uh, doing this a while, jumping into third-party rendering, trying to make realistic scenes, give you the tips and tricks to um, create these realistic um, looking renders. So let, let me know what you guys um, took away from this uh, discussion today. And again, a big uh, uh, thanks for those of you showing up, hitting the like button and uh, being a subscriber and all the fun stuff we're doing here. Uh, we will be back here in two more weeks. Put it on your calendar now. Same time, same place here on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. That'll be uh, two weeks from today at three o'clock central time, four o'clock Eastern time. Um, everyone's saving their money for 3090s now. That's 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 pretty clear. Um, let's see here. Uh, biggest takeaway: I'm jealous of Chad's machine. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's about right that's about right uh uh joaquin's asking if i still use parsec i do and that and i'll plan on using that too with the new machine so going from uh my mac which is kind of my daily work machine and then when i use cinema i i use parsec to go into my pc so i've got a video about that as well still using that it's working really well for me uh, just been playing in Octane today, actually. It's working really well, uh, but not as fast as chat. <laughs> um, let's see here. 10 p.m. Norway time. Thanks for staying up late. I appreciate it. Uh, this is amazing. Robert, join late. He's got to watch uh, after. He's got to watch backwards. Uh, the replay should be up. We try to cut off the intro, uh, let the dead air intro, and get this right on YouTube for you guys. So if you missed it, watch the replay. And uh, one, one last reminder. Go uh, subscribe to the Grayscale Gorilla podcast, especially if you've missed a few of these Q&As. We're, we're bringing not only a few of these Q&As that we've done here on the live stream to the podcast, but also some uh, some interviews and some other things that are coming up really soon. So stay tuned there. Um, uh, don't forget about the uh, Grayscale Gorilla, obviously, plus, but also the free um, uh, account that we talked about earlier. That's right there on the website uh, for you guys. And if anything else pops up, come say hi in the Slack. We love hanging out with you guys and uh, learning right along with you. So come say hi in the Slack. Bring your questions. We got an awesome crew there helping out. Um, Rachel, thank you again for all the amazing links. Thank you, team. Thank you, Grayscale Gorilla team. Getting yeah. all this together. Chad, thank you. thank you, buddy. Oh, you're welcome. Happy Thursday, y'all. Uh, happy rendering. Stay healthy. Stay happy. Keep rendering. And um, I don't even know if I want to go play an Octane right now. I'm like, you ruined it, Chad. I know, dude. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Oh plus members, be ready. Yeah, be ready. Be plus ready. members, plus be members. ready in uh, uh, a week or two. We've got some huge stuff coming your way. Uh, all right, that's it. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you in another live show really soon. Goodbye, Chad. Goodbye, chat. Goodbye, Rachel. Goodbye, Internet. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for the podcast today. Do us a favor and leave us a comment on iTunes or YouTube to let us know what you think about the show, or if you have an idea for a subject we can dive into on future live shows. We read all the comments, and we really do appreciate your input. Until next time, happy rendering, folks. <laughs>